I think as long as the curiosity is the driver, you're okay. Because that guarantees that, yes, you read a lot, you think, mm. you talk, and you are curious to, you know, meet people from other industries. Because mm. those discussions, actually, they are hugely inspirational. This is an Alto Leaders Insight podcast. Welcome all listeners and welcome Susanna Pettersson and Gita Kadambi. Um, let's start with a short introduction before heading on to the topic of today, which is the business of culture. Who wants to start? Yeah, maybe I, I, I take it. Um, I'm, yes, Susanna Pettersson. I'm uh, currently Director General of the National Museum in Sweden, and that's the That's the largest uh, art and design museum in the country. And the collection is actually so comprehensive that we're talking about a very large actor on the culture field. Um, before working at the National Museum of Sweden, I was director at the Ateneum in Helsinki. And prior to that, worked in London and several other places. So that maybe covers the current status. A lot of work with art. Mm, absolutely. And leadership within art mm. and culture. Hmm. And I'm Gita Kadambi, and I'm the general director of the Finnish National Opera and Ballet. And that's the only opera and ballet house in the whole Finland. And I've been working there for one year now. And before that, I used to be the general manager for the Helsinki Philharmonic Orchestra. And before that, uh, I worked as an HR manager and partner at the Finnish Broadcasting Company and before that uh, I worked for the Finnish Radio Symphony Orchestra and uh, prior to that in the opera field in the Finnish National Opera and Savonlinna Opera Festivals. So we have a lot of expertise within the culture industries here uh, in front of the microphone Um, and we're talking about the business of culture today and, and leadership. Uh, within the business of culture. Um, but we should maybe start about, can you paint a frame about the industry? How does it look like? Or is this too big? No, not at all. I, I think that it's a, it's, a, it's a relevant question because we should look at uh, culture industries from a larger perspective per se. And by that I mean that once we're talking about culture, it's always linked to almost everything else in the society. Mm. Starting from welfare, tourism, education, and so forth, and therefore it's very, very, uh, it's important for all all people working within the industry to understand the links, but also vice versa. So those who are, let's say, working within tourism or education or welfare, so that they should also see the benefits of culture mm. for their industries. I completely agree. It's a it's a symbiosis actually very much and uh, I think that it's a very vibrant situation at the moment in uh, in Finland and of course in Sweden of, of, as well um, but I think that we should more acknowledge the mutual benefits what culture as an interest industry brings to the society and uh, is actually linked in many ways in the vitality health issues and even economy. So what are the big changes that you've been seeing during the past years? Because obviously there is a big change going on 
also in this field? Mm, I would perhaps start from the from the future, actually, because if we are looking at the mega trends as we speak, one of the biggest changes in the future will be our relation to traditional jobs. And the forecast seems to be that there will be more and more people with more and more free time. And that, of course, means that, uh, for instance, the fields that we too here represent, opera, ballet, museums, uh, <clears throat> we and all the other actors in the culture field, our role will grow in terms of the providers of, uh, of something you know useful mm -hmm. to do. So people certainly they need more and more activities that will enlighten the mm. daily life, don't you think? Yes, very much so. And it's also, a nice thought. I yeah, think. and also the fact that uh, cities, the importance of cities is growing. And uh, like Helsinki, Stockholm, we need to be very attractive and we are already. But the importance, actually people will start, the professionals will start to look into uh, where to live in the sense of what activities they provide, the city provides. So in that sense, we I think that we are in a good place. So so this is what's coming. and and uh, But isn't there a change uh, that has occurred during the past years also, uh, opening up maybe to the audiences, maybe opening up mm. to the society also? Yeah, absolutely. I think that maybe the biggest change is actually that 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 institutions are much more in a dialogue mm. with the members the audience as before if i'm now let's say taking us back to the 19th century for instance where the majority part you know majority number of museums throughout europe were founded or established then one thought according to the ideals of enlightenment mm. that yes the members the audience they are and this is a direct mm. quotation from a british newspaper they are empty vessels mm. that must be filled mm. with information. So yes. from the from top down. Very much, you know, yeah. top mm. down. And this of course this doesn't work at all nowadays. No. So we need to be we need to be curious about who are the visitors, what are their expectations, what do they want, what do they demand? And we find, let's say, our relevance in the society. We have to earn it. Every mm. single day. That's what I sort of keep. That's one of my, let's say, yeah, maybe most important working principles. That I need to be alerted. I need to be interested. I need to be curious about the needs of the audiences. Mm. What do you think? Exactly the same. It's a, so much about dialogue, as you said. And uh, this von Orban. Uh, but it's changed throughout the society mm. because of uh, because of the di digitalization and the the form of information being dealt and gotten, so that it's 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 a dialogue, and we can't afford to um, sort of seclude ourselves. But, and um, I mean, I think that we have to keep an open mind all the time and constantly have the dialogue between the audience and ourselves. Otherwise, we can't exist. Yeah, so you're not only leaders of an organization, you're actually responsible to the audience all the time of mm. everything you do. Yeah, and actually one thing I can say uh, that is very concrete since I worked uh, at the Finnish uh, National Opera and Ballet in the 
2000, uh, year 2000 and 2004, and now back again after yeah, so almost you can, 15 you years. You can see yeah. the change. Yeah, there is actually a big change that the uh, personnel, although even then, of course, the audience was in mind, but it's a completely different uh, mindset now that they constantly think about, and it's part of their system now to think about that we are doing this for the audience. Mm. And, and it's a dialogue. Mm. And, and I guess that we are we are also in both industries, let's say, or branches, investing in the kind of a total experience mm. that begins already at your, you know, once you're having your breakfast, you're thinking that what to do during the weekend, and then you start planning. Mm. And the let's say the trip from the breakfast table to the opera or to the National Museum Stockholm, that's the first step. Then you enter, then you see what's inside, then you are there, then you do whatever you do, you leave, you go back to home, and you share the experience with mm. uh, with your friends. You post on social media a picture that you are there already when you are mm. there. And mm. I, I guess that one of the biggest differences now is that we try to manage the whole experience mm. from the first moment when somebody gets the idea that, yes, let's go there to the moment when they are sharing their experiences, whereas before it was enough that you opened the doors mm. and let the audience come in. But one one was not that interested no. in that what was happening before or after. The whole customer path. Yeah. yeah. But this new situation probably uh, needs new kinds of leaders. Or, or am I right? Do the... Oh, the leaders who used to do the totally different thing, or maybe leaders who uh, can change their ways of doing things? Or do you see a, a need for a new kind of leadership? I see, well, f- for the first, well, I begin actually from there, that we certainly need much more leaders that are capable of uh, stepping in charge of very big institutions because that's one of the problems really in all, all the Nordic countries and Baltic countries alike that we are not too many mm. and we should invest actually in, in 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 people in order to guarantee that they will be the next and after the next generations mm. of upcoming strong innovative leaders that can really you know meet the challenges Mm. And it's it's so much about the change also, how to manage change. That's a, a constant issue nowadays in, in any any job, but especially for leaders. So I think that that's important as well to have have that insight and the expertise and and that you can also learn, of course, by by um, studying it. And but the best of course, is to study and learn at the same time and mm. sort of put it in practice. Mm. And one of the challenges really is that we are actually, once we are talking about leading people, we we have very different generations that are working at the same mm. time. Th- those who are very close to retire um, have been born to a very different world than the youngest one who, ones who are already working. Mm. So, and And we... As directors, we need to be able to manage very different working cultures, mm. very different sets of skills, 
and various different you know sets mm. of expectations as well and that is one of the key challenges i would say to make sure that everybody can find a let's say right place to shine in the organization we heard already a couple of things that that um a leader in this field needs to know and and master but um, uh, let's go deeper in there what are the the qualities you would ask for in a, in a leadership role in the culture industries and a second question in the same at the same time uh, is it something that is different from other industries what makes this the culture industries what does a leader need uh, that is specific for this industry Gita wants to start. Hmm. Well, leading is always about people, so you need to have good leadership skills. And uh, I think that every industry nowadays speaks about creativity and uh, leading creativity. So that comes into trust issues and, and, and again about people. But of course, in cultural industries, people are very passionate and... Uh, how do you say, self-driven, so that you need to sort of find the balance between structure, boundaries, egos, egos, and then the trust, and then the sort of flourishing um, creativity. But it's it's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> do you see the same yeah. thing? Yeah, I absolutely agree. And then I would, uh, I would. Uh, also like to like to point out that culture industries they need to be able to argument their case Mm -hmm. in a very solid and strong way and that means that you need to know your numbers Mm -hmm. you really need to know your numbers Mm -hmm. to be able to demonstrate the impact of the industry to the whole of the society and that is let's say one of the key challenges. We could do much better in that sense. I was mm-hmm. going to come to the uh, question about business. Uh, do the leaders in the culture business know business? Not enough, I'd say. I mean, some do, but some don't. And there should be more of that, definitely. Has it been something that has been thought of as oh the money we get it from somewhere or the audiences or maybe the state pays or especially in the big institutions where you're kind of guaranteed that there will be uh, public money rolling in I know there's not always and not ever enough but but uh, has it been like a comfortable thing you don't have to think about it or yeah, but if I if I for instance take an example from the from the time when I started at the, mu- at the museum as a very young curator in early nineties, um, which feels like yesterday, <laughs> <laughs> but then it still is quite a common way to think about let's say the the economical or financial side of the activity that if the institution ran a mu- ran out of money, then the director just went to the ministry and mm. asked for more. Mm. But that is not the case anymore. No. So you need to be able to you need to able be able to plan. You need to be able to make solid budgets that hold, and then you have to also fundraise a lot, mm. which means that you really have to have your eyes on the ball all the time, in order to make things happen as you want. Um, so 
So one of the challenges for the cultural industry is re really because of this, let's say, historical way of working is probably that, that yes, it's okay to speak about money. And yes, it's okay to know your numbers. And we should be actually changing our mindset mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, opening up the industry. Because once you ask that, is it is it something different than all the other industries? No, it's not. Mm. Not really. But you still, to be a leader in a, in the culture industries, you need to know your stuff. You need to know about art. You need mm -hmm. to know about opera and ballet. You mm. uh, you can't just walk in as a general manager, right? Or can you? Well, actually, my predecessor didn't know the sub substance. She didn't come from that. So you field. can. So you can. It's possible, but of course, the way usually it is that you know the substance and. Mm rise in the organization or in the field as such but nowadays it's not an option to not know your numbers and mm. not be good in economics and if i think about the 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 house where i am uh, nowadays the directors we have they know exactly how much they have in their budget so when it's a very creative and sort of bubbling process, still the the, the boundaries are very clear. Mm -hmm. And you don't take an, uh, a director if he or she doesn't know her her numbers. So, I mean, it, it's in the culture very much. I mean, in the within the culture of the house, that how you sort of steer the processes. So what would be the hardest part of the your both your jobs as leaders in the culture industry? What would be the most difficult part? Um, well, if some very, you know, unexpected scenario mm -hmm. would happen, that would be, let's say, shaking the fundamental structures in a way that would be almost impossible to affect. That's probably that. Mm -hmm. And now I'm thinking about, let's say, um, <clears throat> hopefully unlikely scenario, scenarios that would probably start from severe changes in the political mm. you know, field, something like that, that would start questioning the existence of the national organizations, mm. such as national operas, ballets, museums, etc., mm. and questioning their they basic funding. So that would be probably a tough cookie. Mm. Isn't there always the the comparison when money has money is being dealt out and and budgets done that uh, how much does uh, the culture cost ver versus the healthcare? I've heard this mm -hmm. a thousand times. You probably also. Mm. And how much does a roundabout cost? Mm. Or exactly? Yeah. Or yes. How many new roads you could build and yes. etc. But it's. Uh, I think that's uh, that's a. Uh, little bit too easy and cheesy way mm. to compare things because they're not comparable yeah yeah but that would be the the hardest part if yeah i'm not afraid to work against whatever windmills but if the structures are let's say mm. shut you know shattered in pieces or mm. something like that that would be yeah, well, yeah. then I guess we would reinvent ourselves somehow yeah i don't know no definitely that would be a hard mm. task but also I think that one problem would be if your own organization would not be 
would be against change or constant development. Mm. I mean, that would be really hard to sort of try to make people motivated and understand. But luckily, I don't think we have the case that we have very good organizations who are derived from change and constant development. Mm. So then the other question, what is the best part? Because this is what makes everybody who listens to this want to become leaders in the <laughs> culture field. Mm. I think it's the passion and the dynamic field we are in, the constant sort of, mm, yeah, the passion to do what we are doing. And definitely for me, the best part is when the curtain opens and the the show begins. Mm. And it's, uh, I, I can continue from that, that uh, we are, what we are doing is that we're working for the people. Mm. So once you see the, the moment of joy, mm. when somebody either listens there, exactly. sits in the opera, starts listening to the piece, mm. comes to the galleries, sees a piece mm. of, you know, painting the wall or object in the vitrine, and when the encounter takes play that's yes. the magical moment yes and that's the key driver in the in the business of a culture because it's all about the encounter between the authentic work and the individual coming to see that or listen to that yeah and this sounds very promising for anybody mm. thinking about the thinking about the job um, do you automatically become a public figure when you take on a, a leadership role in a in a big institutions like the ones you are both working for? I think it comes with the job in some some sense, at least. Of course, you are still a private person in other fields, but you do represent the organization and the institution. Mm. And you're also expected to, let's say, use the voice of the organization and participate to the discussions. And I personally think that's also, it's, it's one, of the, uh, one of the most important tasks because through the directors, the organizations can participate <clears throat> and even drive value-based discussions in the society. And then what we can do is that we can talk about the value of culture. Mm-hmm. And that is a big job. Mm. And it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so this is not something scary. If we're thinking about leadership in in uh, uh, the culture industries, you need to be a lot of things. We've already come up with a lot of different things, but one of them is uh, being a public figure. You don't think this is a scary thing for somebody? Mm, well, well, it mm. shouldn't. No, it shouldn't, <laughs> no. But of course, people are very different. Some Some people are... They enjoy performing, some perhaps mm. less so, but mm. you have to get used to that. It's part of the job. Mm. And we started out talking about the discussion with the society um, around your institutions. And, and Susanna, you have been talking about this a lot, and there has even been a, a case where kind of the museum, Ateneum, at this, uh, was kind of taking part in a in a quite heated discussion in in, uh, in media and, um, and all, all around. So... Um, can you talk a little bit about the when you're a leader for an institution's institution? How do you 
discuss with the, the world around you. Uh, you're a public figure, you're, you rep represent your uh, institution, and then there are a lot of opinions around you. How does that work? Mm. <clears throat> well, basically it works in a way that once, let's say, there are certain, well, topics of a, of a more general interest. So, for instance, the I'll take it as an example. <coughs> Excuse me, uh, the Me Too campaign, and when it landed to to Finland, then we also participated to the discussion by, let's say, demonstrating that which parts of the collection are related to the similar, let's say, topics, and what would it mean if we start, let's say, analyzing the collections from this perspective. It was actually quite an interesting discussion. And so you took a discussion that was going on and applied it to your uh, mm. your job. Yes. And in this particular case, I, to be more concrete, I, I actually wrote a blog where I was, uh, I made references to the international examples of museum collections that had been addressed with uh, specific demands to take away uh, certain objects from mm. the walls. Mm. And I I said that this is, I mean, I understand that, but museums still today need to be able to show everything in the collections mm. and provide, let's say, tools for different readings. It would be completely wrong to start mm. censoring that what mm. we display based on uh, campaign A, B and C. Yeah. But our responsibility is to provide the tools for the visitors. And the specific, let's say, reference case from the Finnish collections, which I used, was uh, Galen Kalela's Aino Triptych, where old Vainamoinen is uh, <clears throat> meeting young Aino in the forest, and current, let's say, visitors with no knowledge about Kalevala stories might read that picture in a very disturbing way. And therefore, it's essential that we, let's say, tell the story and open the context. But never ever that would come into the question that would, that would let's say, take the painting off from the wall. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's a good example because, of course, opera and ballet, all the works usually are from the past and we are just preserving them and performing them again. Of course, the interpretation is always new, but... Uh, but the story is but the, the story same and it can be very same. different from yes. today's. And uh, of course, with this Me Too campaign also, there were some discussions that should we actually, when there's a, a war scene and we actually uh, had a rape scene on the stage, that should it had been censored and then we had this discussion that no, it, it's part of the work and art still needs to represent that that period and the, the notions that we can't. But we have to have the eyes of uh, how to look into the art piece in a, in a specific way. And um, I think that the sort of um, easy ways for us easy and easy uh, to uh, take part in, in the society is that when we do a modern piece, especially with the uh, uh, young people where, where we constantly create a new small opera 
uh, which uh, which the school children are actually part in um, creating the story and actually composing and everything. There, they always want to take the sort of actual uh, subject. So we've had the uh, environmental issues, we've had the um, uh, immigration issues. So in those, we can actually take part in the actual discussions of the modern society. So the future leader and future starts from now uh, and and on tomorrow and and years to come. The future leader for uh, culture organizations has to be a very um, uh, well-educated person who knows the discussion, knows politics, knows how to react, knows how to react the right way. It seems like such a tall order, but maybe that goes to every director. I think as long as the curiosity is the driver, you're okay. Because that guarantees that, yes, you read a lot, you think, Mm -hmm. you talk, and you are curious to, you know, meet people from other industries. Mm Because those discussions, actually, they are hugely inspirational. Yes. And, of course, it's not just us leaders. We have to have good people Mm. in the organization uh, who think the same way and are curious and on on time as say i mean in time but it does start from the leader yes and um as the last question alto ee is going to teach future leaders of uh, uh the culture industries how to do the job how to become better leaders how to become leaders um uh, what are the first things they have to teach business mm. I think it all starts about your own mindset. If you want to achieve something, you know, great, then you just put your ambition level there. If you want to achieve something not that great, <laughs> you put it lower. Then, yeah. <laughs> then it's an, another story. Yeah. Keith, what do you think? Yeah, I totally agree with Susanna and... Uh, Of course, I mean, I remember my executive MBA uh, course started with self, self-development self and self-acknowledgement. Um, and that's also a big part of being a leader. You need to know yourself and your challenges in order to become a better, better leader. So it's hard, but not impossible. It's lots of fun, too. Yes. <laughs> that's the best part. Thank you very much. Thank Thank you. you.